my name is Daniel Gopar, and welcome to Emacs.L, a podcast that's all about Emacs and nothing but Emacs. We talk about packages, cool configs, and the people who make all of this possible. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Emacs.L. Now my guest here is uh, Jason Lewis. Jason Lewis works on Exorcism IO, and I'll just let uh, Jason introduce himself real quickly. So Jason, do you want to go ahead? Um, thanks, Daniel. Um, hi, uh, my name is Jason. Uh, yeah, I um, got involved with uh, the Exorcism IO project um, probably about a year ago, um, and I created a couple of tracks for it, including the Emacs Lisp track. Um, I also use Emacs every day at work uh, constantly. I work at a, a small um, tech startup in Baltimore called Yet Analytics. Uh, I'm mostly programming closure. So that's me. All right, sweet. Yeah. So Emacs for life, right? Emacs for life. <laughs> All right. So, first question I always ask is uh, how did you get into Emacs? What was that journey like? Uh, so, so it actually hasn't been that long, uh, really. It was uh, when I started developing Enclosure. Uh, I, I started jumping around text editors uh, back in uh, long, long ago. I was I was a hardline Vim partisan, and uh, and but uh, really, even though there's you know some good environments for different editors, uh, when it come, when it comes to lispy languages, there's just really no substitute for Emacs. So, so I took the plunge and uh, just really started loving the extensibility of it. Realized that I can use Emacs for my Twitter client and my Slack client, and uh, and start writing my own packages for it. Uh, so then I started uh, tinkering around in Emacs Lisp uh, and uh, haven't looked back. All right, sweet. Well, it's a good thing you found Emacs, right? <laughs> yes. MBI or whatever. <laughs> All right, so. Now you work on a project called Exorcism IO. So, would you mind giving a quick description of what it is and its uh, goal? Sure. Uh, Exorcism IO is a um, project that was started a, a couple of years ago by a programmer named Katrina Owen, and it's uh, quickly grown to encompass uh, tracks in uh, I think we have uh, about thirty programming languages now, uh, and and the. Uh, the gist of it is that uh, whether you're completely new to programming or uh, maybe you you know one language and want to learn another, you can um, uh, do the same uh, the same uh, set of uh, exercises in different languages. So you can sort of learn about their idiosyncrasies and and uh, how they're alike and different. And uh, it's it's kind of unique compared to some other. Um, learn to code kind of projects uh, in, in one is in just how many languages it encompasses and also in that uh, you don't have to do everything in a browser uh, you can use uh, you know your editor of choice it's got a command line client where you can fetch language tracks um, anything from you know JavaScript to list flavored Erlang and everything in between um, and uh, submit your uh, submit each um, attempt at the exercise to the community and get feedback uh, from uh, experts in that area. So maybe you're a JavaScript programmer and you want to try out um, a Lisp or Python or something like that, uh, then you can, you know, have uh, people gently suggest, well, you know, 
I, I can I can tell from the way you did this that that would make a lot of sense in JavaScript. But you know, have, have you thought about maybe using recursion here instead of uh, instead of an iterative loop? Uh, it's it's a lot more idiomatic in this language than that. Uh, and you can um, submit um, multiple iterations of the same thing and get and continue to get feedback uh, as you improve your responses. All right, sweet. So one thing, um, I'm sorry if you mentioned it, but uh, is Exorcism IO also open source or it is uh, the the entire pla uh, the entire platform from the command line uh, interface, which is written in Go, to the API for it, which is mostly Ruby now, but I, uh, we're working on rewriting it in Closure. Um, to all of the language tracks um, are uh, are up on GitHub uh, under the Exorcism organization. So it's github.com slash um, exorcism um, with with an E, not like the the thing with demons. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, uh, and uh, yeah, so so um, anyone's welcome to uh, to contribute. Um, it's easy. It's really easy to get started. You just log in, uh, uh, uh get started with Exorcism. You just log in with GitHub. And if you want to, um, help out with the projects, um, there's a really active community around, uh, both the core platform and the language tracks. And, uh, and there's also a lot of, um, uh, there's several channels on Gitter chat, um, that are very active, both for support and for the developers. Uh, people want to contribute to developing to uh, talk to each other. So, Exorcism IO has a uh, has a um, has a plethora of languages that you can do, and one of them is an Elist track, yes. the Emacs list track. So, uh, I'm curious, what motivated you to create that track? Uh, so, uh, so it, it kind of happened almost by accident. Uh, uh, I, I got into this uh, because. Um, at, at the time, uh, there was a common list track and a uh, closure track. Um, and I tweeted to uh, Katrina, the project's founder, um, hey, are there any plans uh, for a scheme track? And she replied, there is if you want to start one. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, so um, after a while, uh, we sort of like reorganized things so that the maintainers of the different list tracks um, had a had a group on uh, on on GitHub where we could sort of help each other out, um, keeping them in sync. And uh, it was really just um, on one of those uh, developer chats on Gitter uh, where um, uh, I, I believe um, I I I had started. It was after I started writing, um, trying to write a client for Exorcism itself um, as a um, uh, major mode in Emacs. Um, uh, one of the developers from the common list track uh, suggested, um, you know, um, I really, I really want to brush up on my Emacs list. Um, would you be interested in starting an Emacs list track? And I was like, well, I'm not that great at Emacs list, but maybe starting a track would be a way for me to get better at it. Uh, so, uh, so I just started implementing the exercises I'd, I'd already done in Scheme uh, in in Emacs list, and it just kind of uh, grew from there. So. Now that you started the Elast uh, Elast track and everything, uh, how much attention is it receiving? Um, it's it, it's not the it's not the most popular track. Um, I, I think like uh, probably Ruby, JavaScript, and um, uh, uh, Python are are the are the most active. Um, but I think the last time I checked the stats, um, uh, we were getting like maybe like 22 people a month doing the first few exercises and at least uh, trying it out. 
Uh, um, so, uh, um, yeah, uh, the, 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 the stats page is currently a work in progress. So, um, uh, so I don't know exactly how accurate that is, but, uh, (laughs) uh, but, but yeah, uh, I mean, uh, with, uh, I, I think like, um, once, um, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a niche target, but I think when people do find out about it, uh, then they're at least curious enough to, um, try it out and see how, uh, see how it compares to, um, either see how it compares to other lists or, um, or they're already Emacs users and, and they're like, Oh yeah, I never got around to actually learning to extend my editor, um, in, in, uh, insane ways. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully after people hearing this uh, podcast, they'll, they'll want to go ahead and try it. I hope so. so. Yeah. So I'm looking at the, at the stats page and, and from the looks of it, it looks that Emacs list is more popular than Objective C and uh, SQL, <laughs> but it's uh, tied with uh, PHP. So I don't know. <laughs> well, if, if 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 we can if we can outpace PHP, then I'll consider it a, a success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Um. So when you're creating the tracks, what concepts are you introducing? Is it just simple uh, problems and just and if they are, are you also uh, encouraging unit tests with along with them, or how is it laid out? Uh, so, so uh, I think one of the things that um, first really attracted me to Exorcism and sort of like its its um, uh, its workflow or design philosophy is uh, the, the the fact that it's completely based around unit tests. Uh, so for the Elisp track, um, I I chose to use ERT because it's the only thing I'd used. Um, I've um, I've uh, looked around and there's some more um, X unit style, um, uh, testing suites for Elisp that I haven't, uh, that I haven't really played with. But, um, I, I think, uh, one of the, uh, things that I enjoy about using, uh, ERT with these, um, is that, you know, uh, you can have, uh, two buffers open, one with, uh, your working code and one with your tests and just swap between them and, and just test, uh, as you're, um, as you're solving the problems without ever leaving uh, the exercises. So, uh, so, uh, so, you know, um, as an example, like one of, one of the very first exercises is, is one called um, Bob, where uh, you basically have to simulate an angry teenager who responds to um, uh, things that are, things that are shouted uh, with, um, with chill out or um, things uh, that are, um, uh, silence or an empty string with fine B that way and so on. Um, and there's, um, uh, and so the, the, the test will have like, you know, about like 20 different strings that, that match these criteria. So you need to implement, um, code that will, you know, figure out the correct response based on, um, based on the input. Um, so you can go through and, um, you know, meta X ERT and just pick the test you want to run and, uh, be like, okay, all of those work. Um, so, so I think, I think, um, that's, uh, that's a really nice workflow, um, as opposed to, uh, some other environments where, uh, you really can't just stay within the editor. You have to jump back and forth between the shell and, uh, uh, and the, um, and your working environment, uh, in order to run the tests. Um, as, as, as far as, um, concepts go, it's, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, there's, um, uh, uh, one thing I mentioned was, uh, that, uh, one of the goals is to be able to, uh, for the most part, do the same exercises in, uh, in different languages. So you can sort of see how they're alike and different. Uh, mm-hmm. so there's a, um, uh, there's a, 
uh, repository with um, at, at least general readmes and um, and various languages have different examples of uh, probably about six, 50 or 60 different exercises that range from uh, you know things that are simple string comparison um, to um, uh, like point uh, RNA uh, transcription. Uh, problems to um, very various uh, various math um, uh, math things like you might see in Project Euler. Uh, so like it's like implement the sieve of Aristosthenes to um, to find primes uh, and things like that. Um, and and you find out that um, you know um, uh, Emacs is really great. Elisp is really great um, at at some of the strings string problems uh, because um, that's uh, that's what you do in a text editor all the time. So Elisp is really going to deal with that well. Whereas, um, whereas um, you know, uh, when I tried to do the Erlang track and I was like, um, how do I deal with strings in Erlang? Uh, the documentation basically said, um, Erlang is, is, is not meant to deal well with strings, so don't. <laughs> so it wasn't exactly <laughs> helpful, but, uh, but I, I learned something. You know, okay. so so um so there's there's a wide variety of concepts. Um, uh, one thing that we have discussed, um, especially um, especially uh, when when it comes into the, the the sort of like small circle of of lists, because we've got um, closure, Emacs Lisp, uh, Scheme, Racket, Common Lisp, and now Lisp flavored Erlang, uh, is is looking at the idea of okay, so some languages are actually especially suited to deal with particular problems. So I think sort of in the, um, like over the next several months, we're going to start um, dealing with like a subset of problems that, uh, that are language specific. Uh, so, so in the case of Emacs Lisp, I'm looking at um, what are some problems uh, that I could, that I could um, uh, write for, uh, you know, buffer manipulation, which um, isn't even really a, a concept in uh, in things that aren't embedded in text editors for the most part, um, but uh, but Emacs Lisp is you know uh, designed for. Yeah, yeah. With the exercises that you're creating, uh, are you planning on creating uh, exercises that integrate with Emacs itself or uh, collide with Emacs? And by that I mean uh, showing simple examples of how to do, for example, a minor mode or a major mode or how to customize certain package things like that of that nature um i i think i think that i think that falls into uh sort of sort of that category of the of the more language uh language track specific types of problems um and and, and I, I really would uh like to um come up with uh some exercises like that um if if anybody has any ideas about uh, what those would look like and wants to open an issue on uh, uh, on GitHub, uh, then I, I'd love to take a shot at it, or even better, I'd love to see a pull request for it. Um, but um, uh, but I haven't really thought through like um, uh, you know what an exercise uh, to implement um, a minor mode uh, would be. But I'm always trying to think in that direction of uh, like you know. You know, there are conceivably um, some problems already out there um, where, like, you know, um, do, doing something with, uh, uh, if you have a list of numbers and want to get the primes, then having a minor mode where evaluating a form uh, returns uh, returns the primes. And so that way you get uh, both the original exercise and also the sort of extended experience of um, of manipulating Emacs itself. 
Um, so, uh, so I'm always on the lookout for opportunities to do that, uh, but um, not quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if anybody wants to help out, then uh, feel free to make a PR or, or submit some ideas on GitHub. Yeah. Also, um, if you if you guys are able to do this, it would be like an excellent resource to you know kind of point beginners at. You know, is like, hey, there's this guy. You know, this helps you set up your, helps you teaches you how to configure Emacs, and it's a it's a little guide as well. So that would be pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Um. I um. I think um. There's um. Uh. On the uh. On the uh. About page for the Elis track. One of the um. One of the um sections uh points to um probably a, a prejudiced guide to setting up emacs uh, i mentioned things like um um uh bojart badasov's uh, prelude package which i use um and i um i uh i um saved me i i tried setting up my own emacs config from scratch uh half a dozen times before i found that and i was just like oh this has everything i need uh, so, uh, so, um, so just like to get people up and running, um, I point to some things like that and some, uh, initial getting started guys, but, but always, always, um, uh, you know, um, suggestions and PRs for documentation are, um, at least if not more valuable than, uh, than ones for code. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. So now that you've, uh, been creating an e-list track and, uh, figured the whole thing out, how comfortable are you with, uh, or how did you get comfortable with Elips? Since uh, I know that you mentioned that you wanted to brush up on your Elips scale, so how would you say you progressed, or how did you get comfortable? Um, a lot of time spent on Emacs Wiki, um, and um, uh, uh, I, I, I think, um, I, I, I think, I think actually the um, what what helped me the most was, um, uh, was the fact that, um, I wrote a not very good and, um, it's, it's, uh, I haven't, I haven't updated it in a while, but, but, um, the process of writing, um, uh, um, a client for exorcism itself as an interactive mode, um, before I started trying to just do these low level things, like, um, I think that's just sort of, um, uh, how I've, uh, always, gotten my feet wet with different programming languages environments is like um I, I i just dive in head first and try to do something way way beyond my capabilities um uh and uh pick up enough along the way that then i can come back to um come back to like you know actual more basic things and um actually understand what what i was trying to do and where i went wrong in the first place <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so i'm also, guessing you have um, uh, just um, knowing that I can always back up my emacs.d and um, and I'm not really going to break anything. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm guessing that you have the the code for the emacs package somewhere in your GitHub as well? or um, I, I do. Um, I, I think that one's under my um, my personal GitHub. Um, I can post in the chat on the side there. Um, uh, yeah, so... Maybe if you like, you can uh, tell people to also come out and help you out on that. I mean, that would be awesome as well. Yes, that that would be fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, it's um, uh, GitHub.com slash Can We Riot Now? Um, exorcism hyphen Emacs. And I'll put down the little side chat there. Um, so yeah, yeah I'll just... um, if uh, 
anyone wants to take a stab at that, um, the the version that's currently there, um, uh, uh, I think if if you look through it, um, you can kind of kind of tell that um, I um, wrapped uh, uh, shell calls out to the existing command line client in the first version, and then started um, started trying to do something that was pure Elisp, um, and that's where I kind of got hung up at the time, uh, which, which was a while ago. Um, so, uh, so once I get a little more time to devote to that, uh, I've been sort of backing off from it because Exorcism's gone through some iterations on its own API. So I wanted to wait till those were nailed down. And, uh, and now that, uh, things are, um, slowing down with the, um, uh, rapid API development, uh, I'm going to try to get back into that and try to write something that's just pure Elis, but doesn't, de- uh, depend on the, um, on the binary clan at all. Okay. So on the email before we uh, got into um, into doing this podcast, before, when I was reaching out to you, you mentioned that you used org mode to basically manage all things. And I'm curious, how do you manage to do that? Since um, personally, uh, people that know me know that I'm not the biggest uh, org mode user. So I'm just curious on how people uh, use it to manage everything. So, yeah. Sure. Um, so, uh, so, um, uh, I, I had some friends who were um, who were Emacs users back when uh, the whole um, uh, uh, GTD getting things done um, organizational style was like a huge fad, uh, especially among programmers. Um, and people were like, "Like, org mode is perfectly suited to this." And I, I was like, um, "I think I'm too dis- uh, one. I don't use Emacs, and two, I think I'm too too disorganized for any kind of organizational strategy." Um, but then. Uh, you know, once once I started using Emacs, uh, those same friends came back and we were like, "So are you using org mode yet?" Um, uh, and, and and I'm just like, I, I really don't see uh, what is, uh, it's just checklist, right? And they're like, "Oh no, man, you you, you don't know. It's so much more than checklist." Um, so uh, so I find it really useful um, uh, in my um, uh, like programming workflow um, that instead of like um, you know, necessarily um, littering, especially especially when it comes to like code for work and stuff like that. Littering my code with um, comments that are really just for me to remember to do something later, um, and like aren't really relevant to the rest of the team. Being able to um, uh, just hit Control CC and do org capture, and just um, you know capture it to a file uh, for later, um, so that I you know um, it's just out of my brain and I can go on working. Um, so I think that's a big one for me um, that uh, got me using it. And then once I once I you know had these capture files um, of of all these things, um, then I realized like, wait a minute, this this would also be really useful, um, you know, for you know not not just like while encoding, but uh, but when I have ideas for a, a talk or a blog post. And the talk one was the one that really clinched it um, because like I'd be like you know. Um, reading a bunch of stuff and I just like, you know, um, uh, or capture something and or capture something. Um, and then, um, uh, I I've used reveal JS for first, uh, talk slides for years and, um, org actually has an export mode for creating reveal JS slides from, um, org, org mode documents. So mm-hmm. I just like be using org capture to capture all my thoughts. Um, and then just like, um, uh, uh, you know, just like, um, 
you know, move stuff around, just like yanking stuff off the kill ring and uh, um, adding in like some bullet points uh, between them, and then just do the um, the like um, OX reveal export, um, and my deck would be done. And I used to spend hours building slides and like editing, uh, editing like you know these like HTML documents and tweaking the JavaScript. And now I'm just like, um, you know, like I create an outline without really thinking about it using org capture, um, tweak it a little bit, and do an export. And it's like, okay, Emacs wrote my presentation for me. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so, so, you know, I, I use it like it's sort of like a day to day agenda kind of thing um, uh, to some degree, but mostly just for like, um, you know, like capturing thoughts. So I'm not like scribbling down notes and losing them and, uh, and things like that. And I just find that it, um, it, Org mode has been like a really big uh, productivity boost. Um, not necessarily constantly using it at, uh, in like sort of like the outline scheduling agenda style, although I do use that. But um, just for like um, capturing things so they're not like you know taking up brain space that I need for something else. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah, whenever I ask people, they usually say something uh, pretty cool, and, and I mean your your reasons are valid too. And I think uh, I'll eventually get around to to get using org mode. I'm starting to slowly uh, using it, but yeah, I was I think I was I'm in the same path as you. I'm kind of like, ah, do I really need to use org mode? But uh, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe eventually I'll get dragged into it. <laughs> so let's see. Um, so yeah, so since Exorcism is open source, and the, I'm pretty sure it doesn't cover every single language yet. So if I was interested in creating a new uh, a track for a new language, what would that process look like? Um, it's actually really informal. Um, you could um, tweet to at exorcism underscore io and be like, um, "Hey, I like this, um, but you know, um, uh, there's um, you guys don't have a." a a track for snowball yet. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the general community attitude of the community is like, is like, you know, even if it is something as, as, uh, um, I don't know if anybody's actually ever written anything in Snowball in the last like 30 years, but, um, but, uh, there'd probably be enough curiosity that it would be like, Oh, you can still run that someplace. Okay, um, you know, um, uh, uh, here's a repo. Here's sort of the guidelines. Um, here's access rights, and uh, get started. And um, there's just sort of a checklist. Generally, the the the, the um, whenever Katrina uh, creates uh, one of the repos for one of the tracks, there's like this checklist, and it's like, you know, um, have uh, um, ten complete exercises. Uh, have like um, you know, ideally like um, two or three people willing to you know keep an eye on the track on the site and provide feedback for new users, um, you know, documentation uh, st- stuff like that. Um, uh, is the first track "Hello World" um, and uh, and just some like general uh, yeah, just general things about doc- um, things about like um, making sure the documentation is correct, um, having a certain number of exercises, and making sure there's at least a couple people. Um, who are gonna um, uh, gonna be paying attention so that new users don't come in and like not get any feedback? Um, mm-hmm. But but really, um, uh, tweeting or going on the um, you know exorcism dev Gitter channel or uh, sending an email to um, I can't remember the contact email listed on exorcism, but uh, really just 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 saying I really like to see this exist. I'd be willing to make it happen um, is pretty much all it takes. 
right. So my next question is uh, actually this just came to thought. So is there like a like a BIM script track on Exorcism IO or or not really? Um, Do you know? Uh, not not the last time I looked. Um, All right, sweet. <laughs> um, I, I I think um, uh, I I think uh, probably and you know someone like Tim Pope might uh, disagree with me on this, but um, you know like uh, like Elisp is 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 really a complete lisp. Um, uh, you know like you you can write um, uh, non-trivial programs uh, entirely um, in Elisp that just happen to um, you know run within. Uh, Emacs, uh, which I think is why like Vim users like to say Emacs is a great operating system that just needs a good text editor. Um, <laughs> um, but um, but uh, I, I think um, like uh, Vim VimScript um, really. I'm probably some hate mail for this, but VimScript really is just like um, a uh, you know configuration script, um, and uh, and isn't like the um, you know absurdly rich turning complete language that um that emacs lisp is yeah okay yeah all right so my next question is um are you the only emacs user in exorcism io or do you know there's other ones since yeah. usually we're like a small breed within every yeah, community um, <laughs> and, um there 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 definitely are other ones um i i think in uh some of the um uh in some of the more uh, you know, like some of the tracks that like attract more like really really new programmers, like Ruby and uh, Ruby and Python and JavaScript. Then like you've got like a lot of like Sublime and Atom users. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, definitely within uh, the uh, the Lispier tracks, um, uh, I, I think um, actually one of the um, one of the contributors to the Lisp flavored Erlang track for Exorcism. Uh, wrote the um, uh, the LFE dot el um, uh, major mode for um, list flavored or flavored Erlang for Emacs um, and uh, and um, uh, pretty much all of the folks who are on the common list track um, uh, use use uh, Emacs uh, primarily, if not exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, so de- definitely in the list uh, in the in the lispy tracks, um, but uh, there's definitely people all over the place. Um, I, I think uh, one of the things that um, uh, last year at some point I think there was a uh, we did like a community survey, um, and the one thing that I was surprised wasn't on it is like you know what editor are you using with exorcism and how's that working out for you? So I think when we do the next one of those, um, uh, then we'll uh, probably stick that on there and maybe get a flame war started or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, basically, that's pretty much it. Um, do you have anything you'd like to share? It doesn't have to be Emacs specific. I mean, it can be a movie, a book. It can be anything, really. Um, you like to share? Um. So one one of the things uh, that that I, I I do kind of try to um, promote um, uh, all over the place is uh, um, if you're interested. Enclosure in particular, but uh, it's also a book with a really great um, chapter on setting up Emacs uh, to use uh, with Closure. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, Closure for the Brave and True by Daniel Higginbotham, um, uh, and uh, it's it's one of the most entertaining and well written programming books uh, that I've read in 
uh, several years. Um, so, so I, I highly recommend it. Even if you're just curious about closure, like, um, you can buy it, uh, or, uh, the, the entire book is available at braveclosure.com. Um, put that in a little sidebar. Yeah, no, yeah, so definitely Closure for the Brave, you said? Uh, closure for the Brave and True. Brave and True. Uh, and and you, you get to do things like, um, uh, right, you know, um, recursive vampire hunting code and um, uh, and feed your war pig. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, and um, uh, the only comment I've been making about movies lately is that Straight Outta Compton got robbed. Uh, <laughs> great movie, and uh, it should have been up at the Oscars, so... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah, so yeah. So what I basically recommend is I work on uh, I do some Django, and uh, which is a Python web framework. Mm-hmm. And I recently bought a book called Two Scoops of Django, which is basically a best practice book, and it's written by Daniel Roy Greenfield and Andre Roy Greenfield. And I mean, I, I like it. It's pretty. It's pretty simple to understand. I mean, it's. It's. I mean, it's. I think it's the best tech technical book I've ever read in terms of simplicity and how easy it is to understand. And I really enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much it. So thank you for being on the show. All right. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no problem. All right. Bye. We'll see you later.